Today on an all-new Dr. Phil. A disturbed child. Bleeder is a robot that lives in his head. Ryland says Bleeder has told him to kill his entire family. Are the parents overreacting? You said he cut his fingertips off. I don't see blood. Over-medicating? Whenever he does act up, they sedate him. That's not true. Or just in over their heads. Walk a mile in our shoes and you can't handle them either. I'll kill you. I'll definitely kill you. Let's do it. Have a good show, everybody. Here we go. This is a safe place to talk about hard things. Stand by, Dr. Phil. I try to be an emotional compass and point you in the right direction. In five, four. I am not giving up on you. Go, Dr. Phil. Thank you very much. You know, many children love to draw, and seven-year-old Rylan is no exception. Here is his picture. He told his parents that this was a drawing of his robot friend he calls Bleeder. Rylan says Bleeder is 200 years old and lives inside his head. Last year, he described what Bleeder looks like to him. He has a silver body. And he has a head like this, but it's like a square. And he has arms like this and hands like this. And this is what Ryland says will happen if you press the button on Bleeder's head. When you press it, it starts to get mad. And it starts to fight people. Ryland's parents say Bleeder could have been explained away as something a child with a big imagination would create, except for the fact that Ryland also says that Bleeder has told him to kill his entire family. Listen to what Ryland recently revealed to his mother, Kim. What are you going to do to me? Kill you. And did you have big knives in there? I'm, I'm going to get one. That's what I'm going to do to you. And if you take those big knives away from me, I'm going to go with two knives. And if you take another one away from me, I'm going to go with three. Take that, those three away from me, I'm going to go like this with four. Well, even at the young age of two, Ryland's parents say their child's violent outburst sent two teachers to the hospital when he slammed a metal door on them. One teacher had a broken ankle. The other had stitches in her leg. Now, Kim and her ex-husband, Ryan, say they have struggled with their son's violent behavior most of his young life, and the boy has spent nearly half of his life in hospitals and on a long list of medications. Now, Kim says she is actually terrified to be alone with her seven-year-old son because she believes he really does want to kill her. Ryan and I adopted Rylan from a drug-addicted mother. You couldn't touch him because his skin hurt from the drug withdrawal. At 18 months, he would hold his breath until he would pass out. When he was three, he had gotten a watermelon out of the fridge, and there were probably 10 knives sticking in the watermelon. At around four years old, he started getting more aggressive with his siblings, and he started hurting animals. 
I would say that Rylan has an obsession with knives. Rylan talks about knives. He thinks about knives. If he sees any sharp object, he has to have it. He talks about stabbing us with them, about how he's going to lift them up over his head and plunge them into our chest so that he gets the best impact. If you take those big knives away from me, I'm gonna go with two knives. If you take another one away from me, I'm gonna go with I take his threats very, very seriously. He has shown every bit of intent. When Rylan was six, he locked himself in the bathroom. He found his older brother's razor and he cut off the tips of his fingers because he wanted to see them bleed. In Rylan's head, Bleeder was the one that told him to cut his fingers so that he could see the blood and feel the pain. Bleeder is a robot that lives in his head. Rylan has routinely threatened to kill and harm himself. We had a therapist that compared him to Ted Bundy. I'll kill you. I'll definitely kill you. My biggest fear is that we're raising a school shooter, a mass murderer, a serial killer. In Rylan's lifetime, we've placed him in six hospitals. I want to live with Rylan, but to have him at home is too terrifying. Although it's hard to send Rylan away to hospitals, what other choice do we have? Well, Kim and her ex-husband Ryan co-parent their four children, including Rylan. Now, Dad Ryan says his greatest fear is that his seven-year-old son will seriously hurt himself or someone else. I've been spit on. No, spit on your... Oh, Rylan James. Punch. No, 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 we're not doing that. I've actually had him take me off my feet. He curses nonstop. Big fat It's shocking to hear a kid cuss like that due to him being only seven years old. Shut the up! We have not lived a normal day probably in the last three years. When he loses all control, a last resort is a therapeutic hold. <laughs> We've had to hold him for upwards of 45 minutes to an hour. I don't enjoy doing that to my son. It's a necessary evil. I didn't even hurt. Rylan decided one day to flood my toilet. When I pulled the toilet away from the wall, I found two shaving razors, a fork, and a ink pen. He was hiding sharp objects. That's what I'm gonna do to you. I do worry about Rylan killing someone. We've taken Rylan to multiple hospitals and there's nowhere else for us to go. We are out of options. I am a very humble, strong person that has never asked for help for things. I feel like I've completely let Rylan down. I know that I can't help him. I need help. You are completely convinced that he will murder one of his siblings, one of the other children, if not one of you two? Yes. Yes. And you believe that he may become a, a school shooter. You say someone that just goes in and, and wreaks havoc. He's, yes. he's added that um, before when he was telling us he was going to kill us. When he was done, he was going to go to the school that he had been to and kill everybody in the school. He was born uh, addicted to meth. Mm -hmm. And we, the, the truth is there's a lot we don't know about the prenatal effects of exposure to meth, but we know that it's not good. Right. And both of his biological parents were diagnosed as bipolar, correct? Mm -hmm. And there is a genetic component to bipolar, so you've got that problem. Well, I put together a timeline of kind of significant events. As early as 18 months, 
he leaves the house in diapers and he just walked a block away, right? Um, so you had to bolt the doors. He's destroyed his room. At two and a half years, he's throwing tantrums, held his breath until he actually lost consciousness, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Uh, he threatened at two to hang himself with a hanger, which is unusual to have a suicide uh, comment that early in life. At three, daycare, he punches a pregnant teacher uh, in the stomach. Um, actually, two of them. Two of them. Um, he hit a child in the face with a metal car. Uh, had to go to the hospital to get stitches. This is when he slammed metal doors on two teachers. One has a broken ankle, the other has to get stitches. They say, we think it'd be best if he didn't come here. At four, you have the knives in the watermelon that we talked about, stabbing the cabinets, stabbed the television with the scissors, poured the spices into a pan, turned on the stove in the middle of the night, and smoked up the house pulled a burning stick out of the fireplace with his bare hands, so now he's starting to have a fascination with fire. Tantrum in the hospital cafeteria, went to a table of nuns and cursed them out, called them stupid blank bitches, go to hell and he'll cut their faces off for them. At six, he got so agitated he attempted to jump out of the car. He said in the tape he cut his fingertips off, claims 200-year-old bleeder living in his head at seven, viciously attacks stepfather. Police take him to the hospital. Hospitalized after attacking parents, threatening to kill his family during the visit with a psychiatrist. Then in December of, of 14, aggressive and threatened family. 911 called, police calmed him down and take him to the hospital. So it's just been constant, right? Yep. And how do you think you respond to this when it happens, the two of we, you? We seem to try to respond as best as what we're, the tools that we're given. Uh -huh. And we're, we're fast running out of tools. Is it possible that the environment is contributing to some of this? I, no, I do not. Um, and the reasons being is we've got three other children together and they are very well adjusted. Okay. They are So you cross environment off the list. Oh, yes. Is it possible that your reaction to his it, clearly uh, inappropriate behavior is contributing to it? Well, you in, say in, no. initially I would say yes, um, but we videotape a lot of what we do um, for our safety and for Great. his. And um, we've shown it to a lot of therapists and a lot of doctors, and we've adjusted what we do based on what they've told us. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you what I think. And you may like some of it, you may not like some of it. And challenge it all. Right. If what I tell you doesn't make sense, if it won't withstand challenge, you're no worse off than when you got here, right? You're right. Exactly. So you, you got, hell, you got well, nothing to We are willing to try anything, anything on the table. I'm going to I put mean, that to matter. the test. A few days ago, Ryland came home from the hospital after two weeks away, but his behavior, as we said, led to yet another call to 911. We're going to find out what happened right after the break. That's not going to happen. No. Rylan came home Monday of this week. Don't you dare talk to me! He told us a full detailed plan of how he was going to kill us. I'm going to kill you! We ended up having to call the police. 911, I need to get a transport to the hospital for my son. And later... They tried to put him in a hospital so that they won't have to deal with it. It's so far from the truth. Because the truth is hard to hear. It might be. Walk a mile in our shoes. 
tomorrow on an all-new Dr. Phil. Your son, left to his own devices, will be dead inside a week. Nick Gordon. I miss Chrissy and Whitney so much. <laughs> I want them back. The exclusive interview. I hate Bobby Brown. We've been drinking a lot, though, right? That turns. Get to the point. I'm getting frustrated. Into an intervention. I want you to go straight to rehab. I'm done with the interview. I'm, I'm done. I'm Nick. done. All new Dr. Phil. Tomorrow. Over the years, Rylan has developed this elaborate plan to kill his entire family. He's going to take a baseball bat and break the locks on the house so we can't leave. Then he will get the knife and stab us. Then he plans on killing himself afterwards. We're just terrified of Rylan. Well, Kim and her ex-husband Ryan's seven-year-old son has exhibited aggressive and violent behavior since he was two years old. On December 8th, of 2014, Ryland came home after spending another 12 days in the hospital, but things did not go well. That's not gonna happen, no. Ryland came home Monday of this week, and we didn't even get to keep him in the house for two full days. It's time for bed. Nope, no, no it isn't. Yeah, it's past time for bed. You're right, it's not time, it's past time. And we're gonna go to bed. No, I ain't. Don't you dare touch me. Well, you can't Don't. people. You touch. The very night he came home, he told us a full detailed plan of how he was going to kill us that night while we were sleeping. I'm gonna break your head with a big, 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 big knife. I'm gonna kill you! We ended up having to call the police. Number 911, what is the address of your emergency? Uh, yes, I need to get a transport to the hospital for my son. He's a um, psychiatric patient. I don't know if you just heard that, but he's threatening to kill everybody in the house. I couldn't get him in a car if I tried right now. There were no beds available. He went to bed at 3 o'clock in the morning. I woke up with him leaning over me and looking in my eyes to see if my eyes were open. I believe he was looking in my eyes so that he could get a weapon or a knife and hurt me. The following day, the drama started all over again. Now, Kim's current husband, Vincent, was there to help Kim as Rylan went into another rage, leading to yet another 911 call. Let me go! You're tearing up my couch. Stop. If you can calm down and stop being so aggressive, we'll let you go. I'll kill you. I'll definitely kill you. <laughs> no! No! What are you gonna do if I let you go? Run behind Christmas tree. No, that's not gonna happen. And you not get over. That can actually hurt you. But she's not going to. Is that what you want? Is for us to be hurt? You do. Kill myself. We're gonna have to take you to the hospital if this. No, we're gonna call 911 and have them. Escort him. Remember me? Remember when we gave you a ride? All right. We're going to go to the doctor. Bye. I, I asked both of you if you felt like the environment was contributing anything to this. You said no. I asked you if you felt like your parenting was contributing anything to it. You said no. You said flat out no. You said, well, maybe it was, but it isn't now. Right. I, and I disagree with both of you about that in the strongest fashion. When you hear the things that he says and you write them down on a piece of paper, they sound terrible. Yeah. I mean, they, they really yeah. do. 
but do you feel like there is any incongruence between his emotion and demeanor and the words that he's saying? Yes, and that's part of what's scary for us is that he do, he's not even angry when he's saying this some of the time, and sometimes he's laughing through it. But he has shown intent by trying to get the weapons in the house. We've had to hide everything. Well, let me, let me, let me show you an example here of, um, okay. of, of what I'm talking about. What are you gonna do to me? Kill you. And did you have big knives in there? I'm gonna, I'm gonna get one. That's what I'm gonna do to you. And if you, and if you take those big knives away from me, I'm gonna go with two knives. Okay. Does that sound menacing to you, or does it sound fanciful to you? Um, both. One, because this happened directly after he tried to grab a knife out of the kitchen, and this is when he was telling me what he was going to do to me with the knife that he was trying to get. Mm -hmm. But it does sound fanciful, and that worries me that that's his imagination. That's where his imagination is going. That's where his mind is spending its time before Take that. Take another one away from me. I'm going to go with three. Take that, those three away from me. I'm going to go like this with four. You know, that's really scary. He said, if you take that away, I'm going to get two, then I'm going to get three, then I'm going to get four, mm -hmm. um, which is, is very childlike right. logic and rhetoric. That, I'm right. sorry, that's just not mm -hmm. menacing. Now, that yeah. doesn't mean that he doesn't have a fascination with sharp objects, right. okay? But, um, and you say to him, Something that I, I thought was you know that's really scary significant. Yeah. You said it is for uh, me. You know that's really scary. I'm here. You would hurt me. Mm -hmm. Okay, now I can tell you, with a child, you're just you're just telling him, okay, that that one works. If you want a reaction out of mom, take note. That's really scary. And do you see how he sits up in pride when you say that? It's like, okay, gotcha, gotcha on that one. That's the first time he sits up in great pride. You have rewarded him, and he takes in, he takes in the prize. How proud is he right there? Right. You are rewarding bad behavior. And that happens a lot on these tapes. You're not doing it, it intentionally. Yeah, I don't think that's the intent that we're, because no, I, I said I don't think you intend to do that. that. He doesn't understand the impact of what he's saying. And so oh, he does now. Right. We were what I'm pointing out, I said, do you think the environment and your parenting has any effect on this? He has just made the, these outrageous threats against your life. Okay. And you've said, that one worked. That scares me. And he sits up in pride and says, Okay. Okay. Gotcha. This kid's smart. No, he's, oh, yeah, he's <laughs> extremely smart. He this, is cunning, charming. He is... This kid is smart. This is when he talks about Bleeder. You look like again? He has a silver body, and he has a head like this, but it's like a square. And he has arms like this and hands like this, 
Monkey like this. Feet like this. What do you have on his head? Little ringy things. Little ringy things. What is his name? Bleedy. Okay. His name is Bleedy. Now, if this was an embedded hallucination mm -hmm. in his child's head, he would not get the name wrong. Okay. Because he told you the name was Bleeder. Right. Right. He only tells you about the button when you prompt him. I wasn't there for that. The, violence, okay. is, the violence comes from the button, and that only is when you prompt him. Now, you, you said in your videotape that he cut his fingertips off with the razor. Mm -hmm. And was this when you took him to the hospital for that? This was, this was this day. Same day. Is that an overstatement? They were the edges of his fingertips right here, yes. Did and he cut his fingertips in... off? Well, yeah, there were pieces of the finger missing right here. Yeah. He'd sliced them. I don't, I, I don't see, like, blood and bandages. No, and no, no. The power of language is very important. This child doesn't appear to me to have cut his fingertips off. And you say, well, you're picking on my words. You're playing semantics with me. Well, I am. I am, because the power of language is very significant. And I, I think if, we, if we're not careful with the language that we use in talking about this to ourselves and to him, then we can inflame and exacerbate the situation. Again, we've already agreed, you do have a problem here. I'm not saying that <laughs> okay. you don't. Yes, I'm not sir. trying to trivialize your problem. But I also don't want right. to blow this out of proportion. Right. I agree. Uh, in a way that, that we shouldn't. We'll be right back. He can, at will, call upon himself oh, yeah. to, hi, bye, play with no. the flashlight, you're nice. Bye. Bye. You're pretty nice. He gunned down American sniper Chris Kyle. Like he's all crazy. He's psychotic. Now. How can I love someone who's done this? His family opens up. My heart just kept saying no. No, Eddie could never do this. The exclusive interview. What did you say to yourself when you realized your boy had murdered two people? Monday, only on Dr. Phil. Kim and her ex-husband Ryan have four children. Two were adopted from a drug-addicted birth mother. Now, they believe their youngest son, seven-year-old Ryland's aggressive behavior, is partially due to being born addicted to methamphetamines. I agree completely. He has spent nearly half of his life on medications and in hospitals. Now, what I'm trying to do is focus on what you can do something about. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. There are things that we might can do neurologically and otherwise, but I'm not talking to you about those things because you can't do anything about those things. I'm, talking about, I'm just talking to you about things you can impact. And I, I, as I look at these tapes, and I have to tell you, I, I sent these out, and I've had them looked at by members of our advisory board, and I didn't send them out with any comment whatsoever. I sent the history, and I sent the tapes, and I asked for comment. And universally, they came back with the comments exactly like I'm giving you right now, that it appears 
that unintentionally, unwittingly, the adults in this situation may well be contributing to the momentum here of okay. this pathology. Uh, let me show you an example of what, um, uh, in particular, I'm talking about here. Let's, let's take a look at this. Now let's just do this. No. <clears throat> Okay, is that what you want is for us to actually be hurt? I'm, I'm sorry, that's suggestive. Okay. I mean, that is, I'm sorry, that is just, that is flat out leading the witness. Well, and we, we really try to steer away from that for the most part. The, the big thing with, when he says those things, sometimes we, we have to get it on film because he lies when we get to the hospital and says he hasn't said those well, things. Well, okay. Yeah. Okay, now, okay, here's the significance of this. Does that not show you that he has the ability to shift gears? And there are times, and I, I told them this, there are times that he is the sweetest kid and you would never know that any of this exists. Oh, I understand. Don't miss my point. Yeah. He can, at will, call upon himself oh, yeah. to, hi, bye, play with no. a flashlight, you're nice, and drive off. That tells you whatever the motivation, he has the ability to shift gears and be socially appropriate. So it's in there. I'm telling you, the way you're dealing with this is inflaming the situation. And that's good news. Right. That's good news because this can be changed. You can't change it on your own. No. I, I, I get that, but <laughs> it can be changed. All right, we're going to meet Kim's sister, Stacy, who says for different reasons, Kim and Ryan are bad parents for keeping their seven-year-old son medicated and hospitalized for nearly half of his life. They clearly disagree with her and she with them. We'll be right back. I blame Kim and Ryan for the situation that Ryan is now in. Whenever he does act up, they give him another pill, call the police, sedate him. I do believe Kim and Ryan have failed as parents. Provided by... The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street. Essential television. Stacy doesn't really agree with anything I do with Rylan. 
She thinks that he has been over-medicated, over-hospitalized. She thinks he's been under-disciplined. She doesn't understand what we live with. I'm tired of hearing it, to be honest with you. We have a lot of family that has been very critical. They've said some very hurtful and harsh things about Rylan. And Rylan's still a child, and he's still my son. I'm a parent first. If you can't support my children, I don't need you in my life. Now, Kim's sister Stacy says the way Rylan is being raised by Kim and Ryan is, in her words, outrageous. Stacy says the way to get Rylan to fall in line and stop the violent threats and behavior is with some good old-fashioned discipline. I blame Kim and Ryan for the situation that Rylan is now in. Shut up! I did not agree with Kim's decision to adopt Rylan. I do believe she was taking on a burden that she couldn't handle. Quit throwing stuff at me! They have constantly put him in, in hospitals and medicated him rather than actually raising him and showing him unconditional love and structure. I believe the child needs to bond with the mother. She would rather drop him off at a hospital and have him medicated rather than parenting him. Whenever he does act up, they give him another pill, call the police, sedate him, or calls Ryan to come put him in some kind of a hold. The holds that Ryan puts Rylan in whenever he's having a fit of rage are necessary at this point, but they overdo it. Rylan is held in those therapeutic holds a lot longer than he needs to be. When I talk to Kim about what she's doing with Rylan, she doesn't want to acknowledge that she could be making a mistake. She's very defensive. I do believe Kim and Ryan have failed as parents when it comes to Rylan. All right, Stacy, you're very outspoken about this. You think, why do you think they're doing what they're doing? You think they're just lazy parents? You think they don't get it? Why do you think they're doing? I think they're overwhelmed as parents. Uh, with, four other, with three other kids, you know, four total, and the psychological problems that he does have, mm -hmm. I think it's overwhelming, and I think they try to put him in a hospital so that they won't have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So you think they're trying to delegate, abdicate their responsibilities, Correct. let somebody else raise him? Correct. That's so far mm -hmm. from the truth. That's so far from the truth. We love him. We want him at home. We take him out as much as we can, as often as we can, and keep him at home as long as we can, sometimes longer but than we should. But you also medicate him while he's at home, sedate him, keep him, and then, and then whenever he advices. does act out at any time, you call the police him. immediately. No. Sometimes the truth is hard to hear. It might be. Walk a mile in our shoes. Overnight. The last time I kept so, him overnight, he did beat the crap out of me, kick me, right. threw stuff. Right. Yes. You're doing a great job then. At two years old. Walk yeah. a mile in our shoes, and you can't handle him either. But he ended up calming down at the end of that. We mm -hmm. de After you called us to come get him. No. Yes. No. I called Ryan, and he talked to him, but he didn't come and get him. I stayed there the entire night with him. And that was at two years old. I'm trying to find out what their resources are in terms of whether they have family support here or not, because I understand no. whenever she's, you made the decision to adopt him family that... Member. Everybody in the family said, no, 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 don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Right. And right. that they did not support the decision Nobody. and do not support the decision. No. We have basically, I have no, I have very small support system. And then she's cut out Her, any support system I mean, my ex-wife is the best support system I have besides my own wife. Mm -hmm. And we are very, very close friends. And that, we are our own support system. All right, we have to take a break. What about Kim and Ryan's uh, three other children? How are they handling their little brother's threats and constant chaos in the home? Well, their 15-year-old son uh, has something to say about all this when we come back.
My parents do not allow me to be alone around. He has threatened to kill me multiple times. I lock my door occasionally to keep him out. I've brought my cell phone with me to sleep at nights in case he were to come in and try to do something. Tomorrow on an all new Dr. Phil. I miss Chrissy and Whitney so much. Nick Gordon. You've been drinking a lot, right? The Intervention. I want you to go straight to a rehab. I'm done with the interview. I'm done. That's tomorrow. Closed captioning provided by three children that are older than Rylan. Rylan terrifies them. We sleep with locked doors. My nine-year-old daughter and my 11-year-old son refuse to be in the same house as Rylan. It takes away from the mom that I can be for them when I have to spend 24 hours a day taking care of him. There is no family life when Rylan is at home. Well, I'm talking today with Kim and Ryan who say they have had to hospitalize and medicate their seven-year-old son Rylan most of his life because he's dangerous. In his short life thus far, he threatened to hang himself, injured two teachers, sending them to the hospital, and giggled while describing how he'll massacre his family. Now, Kim's sister Stacy says what she calls bad parenting is having a devastating effect on their other children. So what do they say about life with Ryland? Their oldest son, 15-year-old Dean, says he's frankly scared to death of him. I wish I could have a regular relationship with Rylan that other kids have. I love Rylan very much. Stop now! But Rylan has been very disruptive to our family. In Rylan's current state of mind, I don't believe that he will be able to live under the same roof as my siblings and I. I feel the most from what Rylan does. My parents do not allow me to be alone with Rylan. He has threatened to kill me multiple times. I lock my door occasionally to keep him out. I've brought my cell phone with me to sleep at nights in case he were to come in and try to do something. But I'm very scared of my little brother. I believe that Rylan is dangerous now. Fuck out of it! I don't care about you guys! And in a few years, he could become even more so. I don't want him here. I'd like him to be somewhere where he could have help. You are around him every day. Right? And it's highly disruptive. Are you concerned about yourself and the others in the house? I'm very concerned. Um, every waking moment that he's in the house is it's torture, really. Some of the things that he said to me are just can't be unsaid. Mm -hmm. uh, like what? Threatened to stab me in the chest with a rusty knife so it would hurt more and I wouldn't die as fast. I started crying and he belittled me, basically. He called me a name and said, why are you crying? Mm -hmm. They're just words. He makes it really personal. Do you think he really wants to hurt you? I believe he does. He uses a lot of this language, really, it's kind of like a drunken sailor on shore leave language. Yeah. Uh, where does he learn that? The first time he went in the hospital and came out, he came out with those words. When, <coughs> if I could add a little bit to that, uh, before he went in the first time, he would make up his own cuss words. He would put strange words together, and it sounds funny, but one of his favorite ones to call people was a flat hole. To him, that was just the worst name in the book. When he went in for a few weeks, he came out with a whole brand new vocabulary that nobody had ever expected. And as you point out, he's been in the hospital a lot. A lot. He's, a lot. he's had a lot. I've, I've kind of put together a, a summary of 
what he's been in. Between five and seven, you add it up, he's spent about 25 months mm -hmm. uh, in the hospital and been exposed to a lot of different mm -hmm. things at that point. Honestly, do you resent his being there? I shouldn't, but I do. I think you're in over your head. And as callous as this may sound, do you sacrifice three children for this one, particularly if it isn't helping this one? If you are going to be in the Los Angeles area and you would like free tickets, go to drphil.com and click on Be in the Audience. Or you can call 323-461-PHIL. Rylan has been on every medication approved for his age group and some outside of his age group. Taking the medication is the lesser of two evils. Either we have him extremely violent and not a functioning person, or he's on medication and he can somewhat function. You know, this is a very layered situation, and uh, you, you all know that. There, yes. there probably is um, some neurological issues here. There may be some hereditary issues here. And it's certainly bigger than, um, than something that I think you bigger can handle. Bigger than I can handle, yeah. Well, I, I, I think you're in over your head. And um, while I, I, th I think your sentiment and intentions may be right, um, I, I think you're underestimating the challenge here. You have to look at the entire family unit as well. And do and as, as callous as this may sound, do you sacrifice three children for this one, particularly if it isn't helping this one? If the one isn't getting any better and it's really disrupting the other three, you need a new plan. Right. That's why we're here. You, you need a new plan. You don't and know what to do. You know, you've got behavior that is all over the chart. Uh, you got conduct disorder, you got intermittent explosive disorder, you got oppositional defiant disorder. You've heard all of these terms before. And if you look at the behaviors under all of them, aggressive conduct towards animals or others, destruction of property, violation of rules, negative emotional, poor self-control, poor frustration tolerance, temper outburst, all, I mean, he's just all up and down the conduct disorder, right? Mm -hmm. You come over here, intermittent explosive disorder, verbally aggressive, physically aggressive, recurrent outburst, disproportionate aggressive. I mean, he's all over that. You come over here, oppositional defiant disorder, loses temper, touchy, anger, resentful, refuses to comply, deliberately annoys others. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a category broad enough right. to cover all of the behavior. It's that layered. Mm -hmm. And so, You've, this is a, you know, this is like a Rubik's Cube. It's got a, a lot of different <laughs> sides to it. Now, you know, what needs to happen? You know, I think 50% of the solution to any problem lies in defining it. And then putting verbs in your sentences and coming up with an action-oriented plan. Right. And I know what I think you should do. And I think it would have a significant chance of having a profound effect on this family and on this child. And I'm gonna tell you exactly what it is right after the break. Closed captioning provided by
Ready to get real? Go to DrPhil.com for advice on relationships, parenting, finances, and more. Plus, weigh in on your favorite episodes, share your stories, and find support in the Dr. Phil community. When you sign up for the community, you will automatically be subscribed to the Dr. Phil Show newsletter. Log on to DrPhil.com today. First off, uh, I, I do think there are some things that need to be checked with your son neurologically. And I, I think there needs to be a brain scan done. I think there need to be some chemistries pulled on him that I don't find anywhere in the record. People know I think the best place in America to do that is the PNP Center in Dallas, Texas. I think they are the absolute best at this. They have a multi-tiered team there psychology, psychiatry, neurology, all, all these different levels. And I, I think he needs to have a thorough work up there. And there is something called parent-child interactive therapy that is a very specific, vertically developed area of therapy that involves the, the parents and the child. I, I have made some very specific arrangements for you to have this very intensive and concentrated help. There is a, a wonderful counseling center called the Moore Counseling Center. And this was founded by Dr. Gant Ward, uh, who's the clinical director, and it's in Moore, Oklahoma. They specialize in, in parent-child interaction therapy. Uh, and they're gonna perform some psychological testing on Ryland and provide individual and family uh, counseling on an outpatient basis there in Moore. And they've got two young, vibrant docs there that are really immersed in this therapy and are, are going to really take you guys by the hand and go through this. It's a lot of work. I'm not going to mislead you. Okay. It is a lot of work, but it's a lot of time you will spend with your son in an environment doing some things that will seem illogical. But I, I really believe it's going to produce some, some real results for the adults involved in this. And we'll see if we can bring about. So I do think there's some hope on the horizon here. Fair enough? Thank you so much. Okay. What do you think? Does that make sense, Dad? Yes. Are you, are you in for this? Uh, you have no idea how in board I am. All right. <laughs> all right. We're going to do it. I want to thank all of my guests today. A special thanks to Dr. Gant Ward and the Moore Counseling Center and the PNP Center. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much.